Welcome to In the Movement Podcast, a podcast discussing all things happening in the credit union movement. Each episode will feature leaders talking history, current affairs, and how we can utilize our expertise to educate, communicate, and mobilize, all to better serve our movement. Welcome to another edition of In the Movement Podcast. I am Chris Kim, and on the behalf of our co-host, Austin DeBay, we want to make sure as we move forward with the podcast, how we dive into all the integral parts that make up our credit union movement. On occasion, we're going to have what we call guest insider hosts. These hosts will help bring light to resources that exist in our credit union movement. For example, what resources or experts are out there that can help develop and educate our credit union staff, our board members, our leaders? What opportunities or tools can we give our developing leaders or current leadership to enable them to have more knowledge-based tools? And what real educational tools do we have to make sure our credit unions have cost-effective ways to learning new technologies or trends? Our insider hosts will help us share these tools and opportunities with you. So without further ado, today's insider host is Nicole Brusowicz, who is our Vice President of Education and Events with the Mountain West Credit Union Association. Greetings, everyone. I'm your host, Nicole Brusowitz. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Movement Podcast. When you think about the words big data or data strategy, what comes to mind? Data transformation is a buzzword you hear frequently, and while it's easy enough to define data transformation at a high level, understanding what data transformation means in practice can be trickier. So if you found yourself wondering, what really does data transformation look like, and how can it help your credit union better serve your members? Listen on. Today's guest is all about demystifying that. Anne Leg recently published her book, Big Data, Big Climb, the industry's only playbook on data transformation. Anne is the founder and principal of Thrive Strategic Services. Thrive works with credit unions to create revolutionary member relationships via organizational education, member-centric data strategies, and data maturity. Anne is also a recognized credit union business strategist, presenter, author, educator, and has delivered over 100 on-site sessions to over 600 credit union senior leaders across the United States, launching their data journeys. In addition to serving on various credit union boards, Anne has received numerous awards, including CUNA's MBDC Marketing Professional of the Year, Q's Rising 100, and was a co-op Think Prize semifinalist. Credit Union Times has also named Anne as a woman to watch. And if that wasn't enough, in 2019, she climbed the tallest freestanding mountain on the planet, Mount Kilimanjaro. Anne is joining us today from San Diego, California. Hi, Anne. Thank you so much for being with us. Nicole, that was the most glorious introduction ever. Thank you. I just, I kind of listened to that and went, my goodness, how old am I? (laughs) (laughs) Who is that amazing person? Well, it is such a pleasure to have you here today. And one of the things that I'm excited about is your passion is data. 
So tell me a little bit about you and your experience in the credit union movement and how did that passion for data come about? Well, you know, it's kind of a fun story, actually, because so many times people have such an interesting entryway into credit unions because you either know about it because there's you have a family member um, or you kind of fall into it. And in my case, I sort of fell into it. I started working for a MCIF service provider and MCIF stands for marketing customer information file. So think of early stage CRM, and this is going back years. So I started working at this firm. So data nerd number one right there. (laughs) And our complete audience was all credit unions. And I'm like, what is this credit union thing? This is amazing. And, And very quickly, I realized I have found my home. I love these people. I love their mission. And I love that I get to help them with their data continue on that mission. And most importantly, I love how they're always member centric and saying, I am trying to make the member's life better. It just, it resonated on so many levels. And then from there, I actually went client side to one of our clients and I started working for um, a pretty small credit union. And then I just worked my way and I spent 17 years in the C-suite working for a variety of small credit unions to very large credit unions. And then it's kind of fun. My experience really took a neat, different pivot. And I went back to school and got my MBA while I was working. And my MBA thesis, which is all around how do you leverage your data to improve the members' lives became a industry white paper. And then it got picked up on the international scene. And this was where it was kind of fun. I did not know that cooperatives were, you know, financial cooperatives were part of a whole cooperative movement. Mm. And so there's this wonderful entity called the International Cooperative Summit. And that's where all cooperatives get together every two years and try to solve big, basic, massive world problems. And they had selected my thesis for presentment. And it was amazing to go to this international level present your work and then realize, wow, there's, there's, this is huge. And so I went from going from an individual credit union out into consulting. And then I've spent um, time working with Fiserv. So cores and I mean, talk about nerdific awesomeness. You've got <laughs> cores, you've got, you know, online banking, you've got credit card. I mean, it was just gorgeous. I also spent some time with Keena Mutual's new data management solution, which is called Advantage Analytics and worked with them. And then that's kind of what got me into what I do now which is owning my own firm and really solving that problem, which I love that I get to do every day, which is how do I help credit unions harness their data to improve their members' lives? And it's what I think is so cool about the data that we have. And I am kind of bouncing up and down when I say this, because it's just, it is that exciting, is that credit unions have more data than Amazon. And I don't know if they necessarily realize the robustness of what they have. And and let me be clear about that. We all think Amazon knows everything about us, which they do. But what they don't have is they don't have all that gorgeous transaction data. Okay, so they they, they don't have, obviously, I mean, they do have a credit card, but they don't have the stuff that credit unions have. And they definitely don't have that whole nerdorific credit worthiness. And let me explain why that's magic sauce for credit unions. Credit unions sit there and they're like, you know what, if I know what my members spending on, I can know what their needs are. And the gorgeousness of data is that it comes in three beautiful kind of buckets. We have our first understanding of data, which is it's called descriptive data. And that is about, okay, who am I? What's my current state? What's my landscape? And credit unions do a really awesome job of understanding their current state, like right now. Like I'm using it to understand financial forecasting. I'm rocking Excel. It's gorgeous. The next state is, okay, if I know where I am, then I can predict where I want to be. That's where a lot of their data can get them to prediction. But the magic of all magic is if I can predict where you're going to be, then I can prescribe a solution before you get there. 
And that's where your seeing credit unions really get in and, and start to harness it. Because if they can know that the member is going to have this financial situation, then I can get up in front and help you solve for it. So it's really critical. It's really fun. And I, I know I kind of took our conversation a little bit around from how did I get into it and what do I do? But, but I hope that gave a good, big rounded answer to a why I love the passion for it because it's just incredible and why I love this industry that I've been blessed to be in for the majority of my professional life. And what a great answer that was. I love both the breadth of experience you've had, not only with credit unions, but the cooperative movement as a whole, and also being able to take two things that seem completely disconnected, which is data, which seems very heady and very mental and reserved for just a select few people to understand, so to speak, and then to take something about the member experience and solving for pain points before they even become pain points and marry those two things that seem completely disconnected. When you think about then data strategy, can you help us connect the dots between why strategy is important with data and how having that strategy can help the credit union movement as a whole. I mean, you you really spoke to, we have more data than Amazon, which just really blows my mind, to be honest. But <laughs> how is it that there's, you know, what is that connection between data strategy and potentially impact for the entire credit union movement to leverage that? 100%. And what a great question. So let's kind of unpack that for a moment, right? You know, I like to think of data as Legos, all right? So think of, you know, and, and not thinking about the Legos that we step on in the middle of the night that cause us pain, <laughs> but let's think about Legos as, you know, you just have that big bucket, right? And you look inside that, that, you know, it's usually in my world, it's a tub. Okay. It's a large tub. I look in and I've got all different shapes and sizes. And when I look at that and I don't have a way to build something, I'm just going to build it by free, right? And I'm going to have to find the mat. I'm going to have to find the blue ones that go on the foundation. I'm going to need a corner piece. I need to find a window. And it's, it's a bit arduous because I don't know what I have. So I really don't know what I can build. So as data strategy goes, think of it as your roadmap. Okay. You think about it as it's your way to take all those pieces and build something. And let's talk about what you're building from the member's perspective. The member is coming to the credit union because they want the credit union to solve four real simple problems. It's real simple. The member says, you know what? I have a shelter problem. Can you help me with that? I have a transportation problem. Can you help me with that? I have a travel and play problem. And this is really, we're talking about the credit card. And then I have a rainy day and retirement problem. So those are just the four problems. So they're coming to you and they're saying, credit union solve me. The credit union can take all their data and say, how do I understand where you are with that problem? And what do I need to know about that to help you solve that problem? That's your data strategy. So your strategy is that Lego roadmap that says, this is how we're going to build the solution. And this is how we're going to be able to do it to solve the member problem. Now, here's the fun part. Traditionally, that gorgeous member problem is sometimes housed in your overall organizational strategy. It may not be framed as a member problem, but it's probably in there somewhere. So your data strategy at the end of the day should be aligned to help the organization solve their overall enterprise goal. But you brought up a really good point earlier. Many times people think about data as being, I must be a PhD data nerd to understand it. And what I love about the credit union moment is you do not need to be a data nerd. You just need to be a member nerd. And the thing about the credit union is that we have such gorgeous hearts. All we want to do in this movement is service. And that's one of the things we always talk about how beautiful our heart is, our member heart, and the stories that have happened during the pandemic have just been wonderful. What I'm saying is if you have that same view of how you love the member, then let's take it and add the head 
which is all the data. And let's figure out how we can get the head, your data, to marry the heart. And let's get out there and give a good credit union hug. And that is going to bring back the whole industry because the thing about data and data strategy is it's truly the way to even up the playing field. It allows credit unions to begin to play in a whole different sphere and most importantly, create competitive advantage, but also to fulfill their mission, which is to improve their members' lives. I love that. And I would love to steal that phrase, member nerd. Oh no, I think I think we I think we get t-shirts. I think I'm gonna start building that. We all need to be member nerds. I think so. I think so. That that's great. I haven't heard that one before, but I'm definitely gonna use that. So I wanna get into how we can expand on these concepts and ideas in a meaningful way. So we've talked big picture, right? And we've talked from both from an industry perspective and from a credit union perspective, just how impactful leveraging our data can be. So tell me then on a more day-to-day or local level, how can credit unions approach data transformation in a way that's not overwhelming? I mean, that bucket of Legos for some people like myself could just feel completely overwhelming. So so how do I step back and and approach it in a way that, that feels less intimidating? That's, that is like the number one problem that I am happy to solve for credit unions. And, and specifically, let's go back to our Lego box, right? So, you know, if you had that huge box of Legos, the first thing you really need to do to be able to do anything is to assess what you have. How many yellows, how many greens, how many, how many windows, how many walls, how many, what are, what do I have? So the same is true with credit unions. The very first thing they need to do is to understand their current condition. And let me be clear about there's five things that they need to be looking at. And number one is, What's your overall enterprise strategy? What are you doing? And that goes back to what we just talked about. What, what is it that you're trying to solve for? And again, you know, what kind of data you have? And then also, what's that member focus? And that goes back to the member problems. So if I can understand that, all right, that's pretty cool. Now I need to think about these things called data maturity. And data maturity is where are you? You know, think of data maturity like a fine wine. You want to have and be drinking wine when it's actually mature. You don't want to be drinking it too early or, or just plucking a grape. So data maturity is that where am I on that maturity scale? Am I right now still in the grape? I'm on the vine? Or do I need to be thinking that, you know, I'm getting close. I could be getting close to harvest, right? Then there's two other pieces, and you don't really hear about this so much in, in some of the data nerdorific space, but it's perfect for the credit union space. And that is, what is my talent? What are my people? How do they consume data right now? Because at the end of the day, the credit union is chock full of data users. And they need to understand how they do it so that they can start pulling from it in a way that is going to, as we talked about, make these revolutionary member relationships. And that's really mission critical. And the final phase is, hey, where do we think we are in what's called workplace adoption? And that is, at some point, we're going to push all this gorgeous data in. We're going to have our people be able to pull it and use it. But what does that mean as becoming a data-centric organization? How are we going to take and constantly always be pulling from the Lego bucket and making new cool things that are improved members' lives? And those, if you can, and let me kind of go back and circle those back. If you could take those five things and think about it. So what's my enterprise strategy? What's my member focus? What's my data maturity? My talent data consumption? How is my talent consuming that data? And work with adoption. And if you just did that assessment, which is, sounds kind of big, but actually when you think about it, you're really looking at your overall organization saying, where are we? And you look at that and you go, you know what? What's so cool about that is I now know where I am. So if I know where I am, I can know where to start. And honestly, the hardest part is starting. And if you've done your assessment, you have started. So now you're going to say, 
let me pick out that member problem. And I'm going to be real clear about this, itty bitty teeny weeny, because that problem is going to grow, but you're going to pick that member problem and you're just going to test and start this. You're not going to take a whole hippo and try to eat it in one bite. You are not boiling the ocean. You are taking one teeny tiny bit because you're going to learn so much. And that's the real middle, you know, critical issue I see with credit units is they say, well, I have to do everything. And I'm like, you can, but you can also try to boil the ocean. It's not feasible. It's not where your focus needs to be. What you need to do is build confidence that you can do this and that it's impactful. So you've got to find that, that we in, in data speak, we call that, that the use case. What is that business problem I want to solve for? Let me find a nice narrow one that has a lot of great quick wins to it. And let me solve that. And when I work with credit unions, I would say, what's the member friction? The member has friction doing business with you, said credit union. So let's let's find those. Let's pick one that we know is going to be impactful, that has short-term and long-term pieces to it, and obviously is going to have data behind it. Let's take all that and let's make that our one thing we're going to try to do and give ourselves some nice time horizons. So give ourselves three months, six months, nine months, you know, one year, and then also a second year. And just be as laser focused as we possibly can. Because if you solve that one friction, hallelujah, that's phenomenal. <laughs> phenomenal. And so that's the part when you, you know, and like I said, you kind of break it down. So let me be clear about it. So how do you start? And the start would be do an assessment. From that assessment, pick that most impactful member friction that, you know, as a leadership team consensus, you say yes. And then how do we then build a roadmap? And again, everybody says, wow, that seems so simple. But when you start on doing these, they're not as simple as you think, but you have to stay that laser focus because A, everybody's going to understand solving the member problem. So you do not mean to be that data scientist. And the fun part is when you explain to the whole credit union what you're doing and the member problem you're going to solve, it's amazing how people get on board and how they would say, well, I don't need to be a data nerd for that. Like we talked about, I want to be the member nerd. So I want to solve that problem and I want to be involved. And I, I'm really okay with all these new tools because you're helping me solve the member problem. And that's why I'm here. That's so great. And, and when you break it down like that, it does feel so much more manageable. And it also shows that this process isn't just going to sit with one person um, and one office within the organization, that it really is going to embrace everyone within the credit union to become engaged in the data strategy. Can you give us an example when you talk about being really specific and picking a very narrow area where you're experiencing member friction? Can you give an example of what that's looked like with maybe one of the past clients that you've worked with? Oh, absolutely. I'll give you a super simple one. And and there's probably gonna be some people that might do an eye roll on this, but that's okay. So I was working with a great credit union and they were saying, you know, we just we don't understand why we don't have the auto loan pickup. Now, we all know credit unions have had more used autos than they know what to do with, but but let's just walk about that process for a second. So they're looking at they're like, you know, we we have a great loan in the product, we see people applying for it, but we just feel like we're just not getting the revenue or the action that we thought we would. We started unpacking what was going on in the member friction world and we found some really crazy things. Number one, there is no way at this credit union that the member could actually start a process online and then come back to it. So every time they started, it became an empty, you know, it was like an empty shopping cart in online shopping, right? So it just stuck out there. So they're like, who are these people? What's going on? The second piece was it was taking this credit union two weeks to actually fund the loan. Now we know credit unions, literally the decision can happen in seconds and the funding can happen in hours. So two weeks was a really, and so when we understood the two weeks, we realized there was this really interesting 
glitch that nobody had thought about because they weren't looking at it as a holistic experience. Because, you know, when you think about an auto loan, you've got marketing, lending, accounting, you've got collections, you've got a whole group of disciplines in there. But when they came together and looked at this, they realized their biggest gap was in that first glitch of the hangup, but also that they were actually physically still cutting paper. So if the loan was actually being made, there was somebody who was taking the paper and walking it physically to another part of the organization. And when they looked at that, they, they looked two things in the, and they just said, why the heck are we doing this? And it goes back to that whole, what I call legacy thinking. It's because we always have. And that doesn't mean that legacy thinking is horrible. It's just, it's, this is a wonderful time to understand what you are not doing. And then they realized, oh my gosh, if we solve these pretty simple problems to this pretty big revenue generator, oh my gosh, think of all the things we can do. So it's a, it's a super simple one and super obvious one. It's not gonna be the one for everybody. And what's been an surprising upside of the pandemic is that credit unions have forced themselves to do rapid fire agility changing. So they're having to look at themselves and go, I have to do everything online. We had somewhat of the rails to do that. I have to build them out yesterday and they've done it. So now it's almost in a way where they can look at that and go, there is a lot of friction. We figured out how to solve. Let's keep going. So, you know, that's a small one. But still a great example of how you can be very specific and very narrow in your approach so that you're not trying to upend the entire credit union, so to speak, and every process that's in place. I like that example very much. I want to turn to this past year, you published a book on data transformation. Congratulations. Thank you. That's super exciting. Can you tell me what's unique? I mean, we, we know that this is the industry's only playbook, but What's unique about your approach to the book? It's kind of a funny story and I've got to tell it. So I had the wonderful opportunity last year to fulfill one of these crazy bucket lists that I had, which was to go fly to Africa and attempt to climb the tallest freestanding mountain, which is over 19,000 feet. While you're doing that, you're training for it. You're spending a lot of time. I had to go get medically cleared to be able to do it. There's just a ton of pieces that go into it. And it takes, it took the tour that I was on took eight days and there's many different ways to climb the mountain, but there's basically four routes. And in those eight days, you spend a lot of time in your head because <laughs> you and like 10 other people climbing a mountain. And it hit me that this is exactly how credit unions feel. This metaphor, this climbing this mountain, it's just like climbing the data mountain. You know, you start off and you, you kind of don't know, you know, you want to do it. You know, it's important. It's something exciting, but really, like, how exactly do I do this? And what's the feasibility? What are the risks? What's the reward? How do I do it? So as I started thinking about it every day, I kind of started to unpack it. And I realized that, yes, climbing Mount Kilimanjaro is a wonderful metaphor for what cranes feel like. So when I kind of, it's kind of funny, I had a 30 hour return flight back. It's just getting from Africa to San Diego isn't super easy. And I had this great layover in the Amsterdam airport and I just sat down and just wrote down the outline because it was all in my head and said, okay, so these are the things, these are the challenges. And when I looked at it, I realized, oh my gosh, it's there and it's not completely ludicrous. So as I put it together, you know, all of the, again, as a playbook, you know, you think about it and the first thing is, okay, the friction of trying to do this. I've got to assess my condition. I've got to figure out how I can do it. So assessment makes a lot of sense. And then thinking about the maturity and most importantly about Kilimanjaro was it wasn't the fact that I had summited. It was what was I going to do after I finished? And that's exactly how Koreans think about data. They think, well, I'm going to get to a point and then I never have to do it again. And it's like, actually, no, 
you're going to start and you're going to actually become this whole new, coolly transformed credit union because you're using data and you become a data-centric organization. And that is different. That is a very different spot than where you were before. And you've got to be ready to say, I'm ready to do that. So the fun part about the book is that it's super easy to read. And because there's this metaphor that's going through it, again, you do not need to be a data scientist. I describe some pretty, I'm not going to say complex language, but I break it down and I we use this gorgeous metaphor. And the best compliment that I received recently was somebody who was in healthcare and healthcare is equally as regulated and equally as nerdy as we are, had read the book and said, oh my gosh, I can actually translate this to my industry. And you did such a great job of just explaining and translating these really difficult concepts to ways that are very, very easy. And again, it's, it's a playbook. So, you know, you can take it off, digest it. So that's really unique about it. And, and it is pretty funny because I don't know anybody else who's taken that exact metaphor and used it before. (laughs) It's a great way to be able to approach a topic that for so many of us can feel a little daunting and to make it much more accessible and approachable. And so I like that. If you can make both Mount Kilimanjaro and data transformation seem doable, I'm all in. (laughs) Right, right. But you know, you bring up such a good point and we, we kind of been, you know, sort of hitting this topic is, oh my gosh, you know, do I have to have a certain um, credential to embrace data? And you do not. You do not. The only credential you have to do is that you want to improve your members' lives. And that's the most important part about creating is that they need to know that, that they already have the ability. They just need to know the tool and have the roadmap. Excellent. Where can people find the book? You can find the book at Anne Leg, and that is A-N-N-E-L-E-G-G, Thrive. Dot com. And that's where you find all sorts of goodness. I've been hosting a whole bunch of articles and a lot of other really good thought leadership. So again, all free. So you can just nerd out and check out a bunch of different thoughts I have all about this. The book is available there. In fact, I have a cool, fun little promotion going on where you can download the first chapter if you want to see if this book is what you think it will be fabulous for you. Great. That's wonderful. Well, I also have to ask, I think another goal I'm guessing that you must have set for yourself Um, Here we are wrapping up 2020, coming off uh, the year of of an intense pandemic, as well as many other experiences. And on top of that, you recently completed your first marathon and in a very unique way, I must say. (laughs) What did you learn about that experience and what did you bring back from that experience into your professional life? Thank you. That, that, yeah, that was, that was a nut one. So let's just kind of unpack that for a minute. Not everybody says, oh, I'm going to go run 26 you know, miles. That's just, but then not everybody says, I'm going to go climb Kilimanjaro. But let me just, I'm learning lots about you, Anne. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? And I also want to make sure that people don't think like, oh my gosh, this girl must just be an exercise fiend. <laughs> you know, A, number one, I'm not, but B, I obviously I work really well when I have a plan, clearly. So I came late to running. I have never been a long distance runner. It's not something that is ever been something I've been really good at. But I realized it's something that I can do as exercise. And, you know, in before the pandemic, obviously, I travel a lot to go visit my clients, and I needed something to be able to keep myself healthy. So only four years ago, did I start actually doing half distance, which is the half marathon. And my first one, it was horrible. I like crawled over the finish line. I like had to peel off my shoes. I was bawling. I'm like, why am I doing this? Everything hurts. This is ridiculous. So when I said, you know, gosh, 2020 is the year, I think I want to double this. It was kind of insane. It's <laughs> just slightly insane. But, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, well, I won't know until I try. And obviously, just like Kilimanjaro and, and some of the other things, you don't know until you try. And it's, that's about the journey. And that's the same way with credit unions. 
you don't know until you try. And the fun part is you're going to learn by just trying, by just starting. Finishing isn't necessarily the actual goal. It is the trying. And that's the thing around doing this half marathon. And so the hard part about doing a pandemic was I had to basically do everything. I had to be the race organizer. I had to be my own trainer. I had to, you know, and, and one of the funny things was I had to figure out how to do some more strength training in my living room because obviously I wasn't going to the gym. And if you didn't know, your coffee table is an awesome tool. I'm just saying. It's <laughs> a great tip. <laughs> but to the point of what did I learn? Well, it's all about success and how do I identify success, right? Is success me going and finishing 26 you know, miles and then there's this huge crowd and there's this adoration and all this? Or is it the fact that I've set a goal and everything I learned along the way? And from a professional standpoint, that's exactly what success is. The success is, honestly, is the day that I woke up and said, I'm going to climb my, I'm going to go climb or I'm going to go do this crazy thing and starting it. And the day of running literally was I got up, got, got everything ready, clicked on my little watch and said, all right, I run. And then I ran and then I finished. And I already knew that I was going to be successful that day because I had started. No matter what happened, no matter, no matter if, if this was something I walked for 12 hours, I was already successful because I started. And that's the part that I think credit unions get so focused on and specifically in the professional world is, oh, I have to do everything perfectly. I can't go into something until it's all buttoned up. And if the pandemic has taught us anything, there is no buttoning up and there is no perfect. What there is, is progress. And we have definitely seen and been given tons of gifts around progress. And that's what's really, I think, important as everybody looks at what they're trying to do specifically for next year is what exactly is success? And success may be that I am starting something very new and very big. And let's just do that. And it's not about maybe that it's not about, oh, the end game is going to look like this. You have to, of course, have a goal. But the fact that you start something is almost the most important piece. And a great takeaway for all of us that progress and making a commitment to begin become in many ways the most important decisions. So I'd like to, as we're winding down on today's conversation, our time has gone uh, so fast. If you could think about one takeaway or give one action for our listeners from today's conversation, what would that be? Oh my gosh. I think you said it actually beautifully two seconds ago, and that is just start. Just start and make sure that you know that you can do this because you're a member nerd and just start. The the members want you to know them. They want you to understand about them. And specifically this last year, oh my goodness, do they need a hug? They need a credit union hug like nobody's business. So please just start. And again, remember, starting doesn't have to be big, ginormous, and boil the ocean. Starting says, all right, here's my two ounces of water. I'm sticking it in my mug and I'm going to microwave it. Calling it coffee and just start. Excellent. I like that. And I have one takeaway for our listeners as well. I'm excited to announce Mountain West's first data institute, which is launching in 2021 and powered by Thrive. I'm really excited about the partnership with you, Anne, and what it will bring to credit unions in our region. So very exciting news on our front. Finally, Anne, how can people get a hold of you if they want to learn more? Absolutely. There's two super easy ways to find me, and that is at Anne Leg Thrive. Again, that was A-N-N-E-L-E-G-G and then thrive.com. Or you can also find me on LinkedIn, obviously searching for Anne Leg Thrive. You'll find that as well. Either way, I would love to have you reach out. There's a chat function. There's an email function. And I would love to help you just have a conversation about how you can take your member nerdness and really improve the member's life. Wonderful. And thank you so much for being our guest today. I've really enjoyed this. 
And thank you so much for having me. This was fantastic. It was really fun. It was really fun. And thanks to all of you for our listeners for joining me today on the Movement Podcast. If you like what you hear, I hope you'll subscribe to our show on iTunes or your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss an episode. Until next time, be well. Well, that's all for today's episode of In the Movement Podcast. Thanks for listening and thank you for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe to your favorite podcast listing app so you never miss an episode or visit us on Twitter at CU Advocacy. 